So we are so honored to have Sarah Cass with us today. Sarah is the founder and CEO of the water bottle company Swell, and she's also a member of the Entrepreneurial Winning Women's Project. So thank you so much for being here today. Um, you're thank such you a happy. Me. Yeah, I'm so honored that you asked me to stop by. Yeah, of course. So happy to have you. Um, so we wanted to start off by hearing about the Swell story and also how did this company come to be? You know, I wanted to be an entrepreneur for a long time. I really struggled to come up with my idea. What was my company? What was my product? What was the thing that I was going to devote my life to do to make the, the world a better place? And it hit me all at once, but I think over a long time, you know, I was really always searching for that idea. And I, I was a long time uh, environmentalist, uh, just where I grew up and what I was interested in. Um, you know, the environment and sustainability was always a passion of mine. So I always carried a reusable water bottle, um, but it was never beautiful. It was never um, functional. It, you know, didn't keep things hot and cold. It wasn't something I'd be super proud of, you know, putting on my desk at school or, you know, on the uh, boardroom table when I was in a meeting. And so this one day I was on a hike with my mom in the desert. It was, this, it was a classic aha moment, you know, taking a sip of warm water on a hot summer's day. And I just thought, maybe my thing is literally right here in front of me. Maybe my thing is just making this bottle better. And it really, from from that day on, you know, over 10 years ago, it's it's been my sole purpose and, and my sole, I guess, meaning in, in pouring everything that I do into this company. Wow, that's incredible. And it's so inspiring us, or inspiring to us that your business is so sustainable. Um, so why did you make this, was this a priority for you from the beginning? How did you ultimately like succeed in that? Sure. So at the time that I started Swell, I was really into sustainability. You know, I, I grew up recycling. Um, we were the first people on our street that had curbside recycling and my, my parents and, uh, my brother and I would put our recycling in the back of the car every other week and we take it down to you know the county recycling center so I really grew up with that in me um, for university I went to University of Colorado at Boulder and it's if you have ever been to Boulder it's sort of a very um, outdoorsy place and everybody is you know hiking around and they're out in sort of the beautiful outdoors and enjoying the mountains and so I think it was really in me to you know care a lot about you know the environment that we lived in um, the challenge that I had you know after you know, after I was working for a number of years in you know accounting and real estate development, I went I went to business school. I got my MBA. I was I was moving up in, in my my job and my career. Um, I was buying nice things like a nice handbag or you know shoes or and accessories or but there just wasn't anything sustainable that looked stylish. And I just thought that there must be a way to create a product that looked better and worked harder. And then almost created active, 
public activists, but accidental activists. Not everybody had to be as green as me. Not everybody had to be as, um, I guess, forward thinking, but everybody wanted to have a beautiful product or something that was sort of, you know, the it thing to do. And by by creating a product that worked better, looked better, worked harder, was kind of cool. I could create sustainable, um, passionate people, even if that wasn't the thing that they were leading with. And I think that was really the way that I was able to position Swell from the beginning um, to make it for everyone, but to make everyone do something good at the same time. That's so awesome. Um, and it's been a while because last summer you celebrated your 10 year anniversary um, and it just feels like 10 years ago, we were in such a different place and you were so ahead of the curve with this idea um, of getting rid of single use plastic bottles. Um, what other CEOs and businesses have inspired you uh, to commit to sustainable living? Sure, 10 years, it's felt like a lot longer than 10 years, but it's also gone really quick. So it's funny to hear you say that, but um, yes, the world has changed a lot in sustainability in the last decade. And I would say when I got started, um, I almost had to tone down my messaging a bit. I almost had to become more light green than dark green and talk more about fashion and, and function and, and the, the mission of the company and the philanthropies we work with and then talk about sustainability. Um, my first website almost looked like a nonprofit website. Um, I had so many stats about um, how much plastic was in the ocean. And you know, by the year 2050, there was gonna be more plastic in the ocean than fish. And I had all these really depressing pictures on the website of like, you know, seagulls that had, you know, eaten too much plat. I mean, you've seen these before, you know, pic pictures of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. The site was like such a sad, depressing place to hang around because it was just like all of this darkness and all of these facts. And I was really trying to get people's attention. And what I had to do is I had to pivot the messaging and make it just like more light and make it more fun and make it like easier to take like small everyday actions. And so like, I love what you said about like, you know, being early to sustainability, but I'm glad the world has caught up with us. And I'm now I'm glad that maybe we've, we've had a very small part in that, but we can really, you know, be more forward in our messaging, you know, as it comes to sustainability. Um, and then I think your second question, it, there's so many companies and, and CEOs that are inspiring in this space right now. I mean, if I had to pick just one, I think, uh, I think Greg Renfrew at Beauty Counter is doing some really interesting things in clean beauty and really thinking not just about, you know, wh what the product looks like in the packaging and, you know, the efficacy of, of you know, what it doing is doing for your beauty and your skin, but she really cares about um, the sourcing and the actual products that are used. And I, I think that's like a really interesting model for, for a, lot of, um, a lot of founders and, and a lot of customers to follow because she really sort of lives that ethos every day. And she's also just like a really cool lady. Um, and then if I had to pick one company, I would probably pick Patagonia. I think that really Patagonia is in my mind just has the gold standard of, of just always making the right decision as it comes to sustainability. And, um, and I'm not sure if, if you've noticed, but in the last year or so, they actually even launched a food company, which, you know, when you first hear that, you think it seems really strange. Like why is Patagonia known for selling, you know, hiking gear and apparel now selling food, but they started this thing called Patagonia provisions and it's really authentic to them and who they are and really thinking about like the sourcing and the supply chain and the packaging and really not just using the Patagonia name on, you know, soups and 
salmon and like completely random things you wouldn't expect from them, but it's really good. But at the same time, it's doing good. And so I just think that like brands like that, that have really just authentically done the right thing for so long, have the ability to really stretch beyond their original mission and stretch beyond their original like categories to even have more impact in the world. Wow. That's incredible. I had no idea about that. So your soups are like excellent like you, you think wow. you would buy them like just to go hiking and in our house we actually eat them just at home when we're not out in the woods it's you should check them out it's pretty good that's amazing um and something you mentioned and I think Layla mentioned it too is just how much this sustainable even just the idea of living sustainably has changed in the last 10 years to say the least um we just wanted to hear, you know, from your professional standpoint and someone who does like pay attention, how you think sustainability and for the environment is going right now. I think it's a very exciting time for the sustainability movement. I think because consumers, especially younger consumers are not only wanting it, but they're really demanding it. And I think that big, big and small companies alike are waking up to consumer, um, preferences and, and really paying attention to that. Uh, there's certainly a, a lot more work that needs to be done, but I think there's a lot of innovation and creativity in the space. Um, in, in the last year or so, I, I started a new a business, uh, a new movement within Swell. It's called Groundswell, and, and I'm calling it some sustainability as a service. It, it's really thinking about taking everything that I've learned over the last decade and helping big companies um, we look at their business, look at their supply chain, look at their packaging, help them in some cases design new products. And what I'm so excited about and inspired by is that these companies, even though they might have some challenges um, because they're big and it's hard to be nimble or they don't know how to change, a lot of these big companies really do want to become more sustainable and they're really open-minded to, you know, working with smaller brands, you know, like, like mine and, and, and people like me who in the past, you know, might've been shaking my fits at, you know, these big companies doing these terrible things. And, and instead we're really thinking about, you know, crossing the aisle and working together and saying, how can I help with what I've learned to do what you need to do in your category with your products to actually create something more sustainable. So I don't think we're there yet, but, but what gives me a lot of hope is I, there's a lot of great innovation and conversations going on. And, and I think in the sort of post COVID world, if we've learned anything from this time is that we realize that our actions and behaviors are really connected and that we've broken a lot of our habits that as we re-engage with the world. Um, sustainability seems to be the top of people's mind. There was a stat that just came out um, in the last two weeks that basically said that consumers would potentially pay up to 35% more for products if they were packaged more sustainably. And that is, is that gets everybody's attention. You know, whether or not sustainability is in your core mission as your company, if, if you realize that, that not only are customers buying your product, but they'll actually be spending their, their dollars in a way that, that honors the environment as much as, you know, it's a, it's a product that looks good or tastes good or whatever it is. It really does get your attention that consumers care about this. And then, you know, by virtue of that, the big companies are really excited about it as well. Yeah. And as customers, I think we can totally agree with that because you always want to do good if that's, if there's an option to do that. So um, switching gears a tiny bit, we'd love to hear about what it's like being a female CEO. What are some of the challenges you face and how do you cope with them? No, I, 
I only have the perspective of being a female CEO, so I, I can't compare it, you know, to to not being a female CEO. But what I can say is that I've been in, incredibly lucky. I guess uh, lucky plus, you know, worked really hard to get into a lot of different. Um, uh, networking groups. So you mentioned entrepreneurial winning women. Um, there, I've been part of a whole bunch of different uh, groups that have helped women business owners and women leaders. And so I've been a recipient of, of being different in that there's groups and, and networks that are sort of there to help support me. And likewise, I can support others on their journey. I mean, I, I think one of the challenges that I had was really uh, understanding what it was to be a CEO and understanding that I didn't have to have all of the answers myself. And I think one of the, the differences potentially between just men as CEOs, men in leadership positions and women in leadership positions, and, and maybe I'm just saying something about myself is that I had a really hard time with um, perfection and, and having the confidence to know that uh, I didn't have to do it all myself. I didn't have to be perfect in everything I was doing in my business. And it was okay to admit to others I was having some challenges or I needed to ask for some help. And, and I look at some of my, my male colleagues and, and you know those who I have a lot of respect for, um, they might have a heck of a lot more confidence that you know they are the, the, the champion of their business and they are the CEO and they are perfect. They, they have the same darn problems as, as a, you know, a female owned business. They might just not be as uh, troubled about worrying about how perfect it is. And I think that's one of the underlying themes I see with a lot of the smaller companies that I mentor and the women that I work with is I really tell them business is hard and it's super challenging whether you're a woman CEO or not. And you know, don't take it personally, but always, always, always be confident in yourself, even if you're having trouble and always make sure that you're asking for help and support because nobody can have all the answers themselves. And, you know, then at the same time, there's all these great networks that you can go to to really help you out when you have these questions. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize how many, you know, how much people can help, like that there were actual organizations and groups to put that together. And because I've definitely spoken with other you know, female businesswomen who feel, you know, such a responsibility to help others. So it's, it's cool that that's, you know, really happening and prevalent, the women supporting women. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's so great. Like I have to say, every time I speak on a panel with other women, we're immediately like, what's your Instagram? What's your Twitter? Like, how can I help you? What do you, and we always follow up afterwards. Like there's, there's just like such a like a beauty and camaraderie and it's not just entrepreneurs. I would say it's also entrepreneurs. Like I have a lot of friends and, you know, informal, you know, mentees that I work with that are super smart, strong leaders that are working inside of big companies and doing great things. Like, it's not all about, you know, who, who went out and, you know, started their own thing, but it's just, who's really smart and you want to champion them and, and help them and support them. And I just, I personally feel like it's just such a positive time to be a woman in business. That's so amazing. Um, and so, yeah. And then our last question um, again, completely kind of switching the topic. Um, as a leader and a leader and a owner of a business, how have you been able to keep your workforce motivated and how have you guys adjusted um, in the last year to the pandemic? It's been a huge year of adjustment. So before the pandemic, we were very much in, in the office kind of a group, you know, 100 people in a big office in New York. We were there every day, you know, nine to five, nine to seven, uh, sometimes on weekends, always having happy hours on Fridays and lots of catered lunches and lots of fun, a lot of hard work, but like a lot of um, sort of camaraderie. 
And then in March 13th last year, we closed the office and we haven't been back. And so it was a huge adjustment to working from home, getting set up with uh, video calls. We didn't even have Slack, you know, before this happened. Um, We were very productive very quickly. I think uh, a survey that went out to the company a few weeks after um, we went remote, you know, the productivity was at an all time high. But what we really lost was the the laughing. We really lost the fun. And and part of the magic of Swell is really the the democracy within the organization that good ideas can come from everywhere. And sometimes those good ideas would come from somebody that wouldn't be invited to a meeting. So the trend boards for the creative team on the new patterns and designs were right in the middle of the office and every person walking around could stop on their way to lunch or getting a cup of coffee and say, oh, I like that. I don't like that. This reminds me of this. Or I was on the subway and I saw this cool thing, or I went to this exhibit at a museum, like there was just all this conversation that you lose when there's a meeting and an agenda. And so what I've really worked on over the last number of months is just putting the fun back in, like putting in the the sporadic connections that you just bump into somebody on a Zoom with no agenda and not talking about work and just making sure that we laugh. And so I think if I had to think of like, you know, two ways that I've really motivated the team is, is just using humor and, and using a lot of honesty. Um, I think we've, we've started and ended every single call with just the, the real question of like, how are you and how are you doing? And in the old days that used to be like such a throwaway comment, like, how are you? Fine. Great. How are you? Fine. Great. But now it's, you see it, like you see the kids, you see the dogs, you see that making the dinner in the background, you know, there's, there's a real question about like, how, how are you doing? And, and I I think that will go back differently. Like we'll never be in the office full-time kind of a company again. We like each other, like we like, we'll be so excited to be back together, but nobody is going to be like that rigid. I think we're always going to like want to work from different places and be, you know, with our families and walking our pets and like whatever. Um, but I think we're always going to have like a lot more heart with each other and really keep that honesty going. Cause I think it's just made us like, I think it's shown us that the important thing of our company is really the soul and it, yes, you have to run a big profitable company and you know, you have to get your work done and blah, blah, blah. But really what matters is that you love coming to work and you actually like your coworkers and you think what you're doing is cool. And I think that that will, that honesty piece of it, that soul piece of it, like is a lot stronger because of COVID because we've been through this like crummy thing together. But I don't know. I think that's a long answer, but like, it's, I, I'm sorry we had to go through this year, but, but the company is at like an all-time high as like we like really like each other and like we can't wait to get back together again. Yeah it's similar with school a little bit because you really appreciate going in person and all those little things and when they're gone you miss them so. It's funny they say you miss a toothache when it's gone right it's like you really miss the little things like I'm never going to take anything for granted ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us and sharing the Swell story. We are really inspired by you. Um, Now that the conversation is over, it's time to take action. So please support Swell and use their water bottles instead of plastic bottles. Also, Sarah recommends checking out Dr. Anya Johnson's organization about protecting the ocean. It's called Urban Ocean Lab and her new book, All We Can Save, essays all written by women highlighting their voices in the environmental movement. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. I really Thank appreciate you the question. So much. It was so good meeting you. Oh, it's nice to meet you too. I really appreciate you doing this. And it's so cool that you're focusing on women all month. I mean, that's great. Yeah, two months, March yeah. and April.